Fancy a nipple clamp? Hello, 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 no, no, no. Is that what no. you've been up to in London town? That's my answer to you. I thought you'd been investigative no. journalisting at uh, London's first sex-themed restaurant. Sounds a bit rude. I'm actually not sure it is the first sex-themed restaurant. No. I think every restaurant since time immemorial has had a slight note of sex about it, hasn't it? Isn't it like, you know, you go and you eat and food and then, you know, one thing leads to another, all that, isn't isn't? I mean, let's face it, when you go out to dinner with a... A young lady, or even an older lady like you, isn't isn't the purpose of the date? <laughs> I'm not an older lady. Like I'm a, a middle of the range. <laughs> I'm a middle of the range lady. I mean, come on, you can go to a restaurant. You can have focaccia. You can have spotted dick. <laughs> There's been all sorts of stuff you've you've long been able to have. Having said that, I would also I, I think I looked at the menu. What's it called? Naked Soho Ho Ho Ho. Well, let's get on to that in just a moment. We've got some serious <laughs> crime to do, haven't we? Yes, we have. Was and I here last week or was I not? It was Paige from it Reverie. Was Paige. That's right. Well, thank you again to Paige for stepping in to my oversized shoes. Yes, where Ben subsided in the podcast domain. He failed to reach climax when it came to turning right. up. <laughs> I was a premature pod. Actually, no, Welcome. I was a no pod. I couldn't even I couldn't even get it up. I was a limp pod. You were. You're a flaccid podo. I was very flaccid. <laughs> So, welcome to our podcast, everyone. Are you calling me Mr. Floppy? <laughs> Mr. Floppy Poddy. <laughs> Uh, top of the flops. Pop of the flop tops. Flop of the pops. Flip of the flop plop. <laughs> Go on then, come on, make it serious. Hello. Hello, everybody. That's my cat voice. Do you have a cat voice? Yeah, I do, actually. Talk to us in your cat voice. Cat. I'll just say, when it's dinner time, I say, you want foodies? And the cat, and, oh, hang on, here she comes now. <laughs> Understands that that means Did she? Get her food. Yeah. Did yeah. she come along? Can I see her? No. Why not? If if she turns up, you can. Why won't you? you can see me. Force her. Yeah, when she's here, I'll... she's in the garden at the moment. She wouldn't have heard that. She loves it in the garden. She's not in the garden. She's there. She's not here. I promise you. Oh, I thought you said you well, were more than happy to come show you. She turns up. Oh, you're grumpy. Uh, you must be. Grumpy. Well, show me your cat then. She's not. If she was here, I'd show you her. I want to see her Harry pussy. <laughs> not again. Oh yeah, let's not go. Let's poor, my poor dad. Let's not go down that road again. <laughs> That's what people tune in for. And welcome, one and all. Thank you for your kind feedback again about Paige. I, I loved all that. Um, she's brilliant, and we have Americans as our. Second in command audience now. Do we? Oh, that's good. So Excellent. thank you for oh, listening. Welcome Americans. Yes, because it became it became our Australian friends, and then Finland. Hello, Finland. I hope it. Sitting on their sofas from rooms to go, lots of <laughs> nibbles close at hand. <laughs> Going to their sex-themed restaurant. 
No, that's not in America, is it? Oh, you'd never get away with that in America. Not in the Midwest, anywhere, the deep south. Oh, I was doing Finland. Do you know why? I can't... I've got headphones on and we're doing this with a speaker, so I can't hear you very <laughs> You're also... Can you see the image you are sending? Your your head is very tiny and right at the bottom of the frame. <laughs> that's You've quite a amazing. tiny head. Is that why you treat me so badly? I think you need to tilt your camera down or something. I don't know. Here we go. Better? Oh, God, I saw the sweat patches again. I didn't have a shower because I raced back. Oh, stinky Mitzi. Stinky bridges. Good job it's not smelly vision. What would you you do if you got a waft? What would you do if you just got a waft of smell? I don't know. Not like it. What... um, where did you just race back from? Uh, we were at the gym. I was uh, working out. What workout do you do? Is it all cardio or do you do weights? I do eye rolling because it's cardio. <laughs> yeah, you certainly do do lots of eye rolling. Did I you see I just did a massive eye well roll exercised. when we were having technical problems? God, over the speakers, even worse for talking over each other. <laughs> Isn't it? I've not talked over you once. Oh, no. You don't even know you're doing it. Probably not. That's true. I'm just listening to me. That's all I care about. Anyway, somebody has to get on to topic. And we were talking about the incredibly sad events that have unfolded in Liverpool with a little girl being fatally shot. And... That led on to another shooting that you covered of little Reese Jones. And he was killed when he was 11. So what made you make the connection, Ben? Well, it was, I mean, just because I did a lot of coverage of Reese Jones's murder when it happened back in 2007. And it's just, it, it, you know, I, I was actually at University of Liverpool as well. So I know the city quite well. And I've got a lot of... Um, I had a lot of very happy memories of Liverpool, enjoyed spending time there. And it just saddened me so much that we had another child murdered in what we can't say too much about it, of course, because somebody has been arrested. So um, technically there are rules that kick in. But from what we know, from what the police have already said, this was not some kind of a domestic dispute. Um, Often when children are killed, tragically it is by... Uh, angry parents, usually angry fathers, who are uh, acting because uh, there's been some kind of domestic dispute or they um, have issues along those lines. But this was something that appears linked to criminal activity, um, which was the same for Reese Jones, because Reese Jones uh, was shot dead um, in what appears to have been an attempted um, gangland killing, and he was just the wrong target. He was, uh, he'd just been playing a football practice he was on his cycling on his way home and he appears to have been in the wrong place at the wrong time and was hit when um sean mercer who was at the time a member of i think the crocksteth gang um had been attempting to try to kill a member of a rival gang in a sort of a end of a spate of kind of tit-for-tat killings that had been going on in liverpool in sort of the mid 2000s do you remember the trial I do remember it vaguely. I didn't cover all of the trial because um, I think I was sent to cover the original aftermath of the shooting when the police were appealing for witnesses and when they were investigating the background of this killing. And I remember that um, 
the night it happened, um, Liverpool's local radio station, Radio City, launched a campaign. Reese Jones's parents were very, very good at um, speaking to the press. They, they were, they were incredibly dignified, incredibly good at getting over, you know, how they felt. So people got a real understanding of, of, of what this tragedy actually meant to them and to the community. And it was all very, very moving. And I remember that uh, the police put out appeals and it wasn't long before they were receiving the same name again and again told to them by people who clearly knew what was going on and knew of the activities of this kind of criminal underworld in Liverpool that involved these gangs of teenage boys. Um, and of course, you know, Re Sean Mercer was found guilty of the murder, but others were found guilty of perverting the course of justice, of uh, aiding uh, an offender. Um, among them, um, Sean Mercer's parents, because uh, I guess they took the view that although they knew their son was had murdered this little boy, they thought it was their, the right thing to do was to protect him and try to stop him being brought to justice. Um, others obviously felt differently and the police were told who it was. And sure enough, in the trial, Sean Mercer was found guilty. There was lots of evidence against him. It wasn't difficult. I remember coming across a detail with that, that were the wrong bullets put in the handgun. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. In fact, um, it was a very, very strange situation because um, it might well be that because he was using the wrong bullets for the gun and if they weren't the right size for the barrel, then as they passed down the gun, down the barrel of the gun, they would have bounced from side to side. And I mean, handguns, as anybody who actually knows about guns will tell you, are not terribly accurate. Uh, the barrel of them is so short that... You know, unless you shoot somebody from a pretty close distance, your chances of hitting them are quite remote. I mean, the, you know, this idea when you see in cowboy films that the cowboy sort of gets his handgun and shoots somebody riding a horse sort of 200 metres away is absolute nonsense. It's very difficult to fire a handgun accurately at anything greater than a few metres. And it seemed almost certain that this Mercer was aiming for somebody else. The, the bullet came out of the barrel of the gun didn't go in any kind of a, a, a straight arc from the barrel at all, but just hit Reese. Um, it hit Reese Jones, I think, in the back, uh, entered him through the back, and then came out through the front of his neck or the side of his neck. Um, Why do people use them if they don't? If they're unable to hit targets well? Because the vast amount of time that criminals use handguns, they're not actually planning to shoot them. It's meant to be a threat. And yeah, if somebody's pointing at a handgun at you, you're not going to sort of say, well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to miss me with that. And also most shootings are carried out at very close range. At which, and in a close range, handguns are perfectly accurate. Um, it's, it's when you're trying to shoot somebody over a distance that they're not so good. See, this is the thing and also about... handguns can be handguns can be hidden about the person more easily. They're they're smaller, uh, easier to hide. There are there are lots of reasons why criminals choose to use handguns, but this... they are not particularly accurate. May I talk? You may. Um, this is the thing about you, Bernando, is that What's you the thing know about me? things like this. You've have you ever shot a gun? Have I? Yeah, of course. Have you? Why, of course? Oh, I was in the cadets, the army cadets. I didn't know that. Well, you don't know everything about me. How dare you not tell me exciting... that? It's not the most exciting thing about me. Well, if I me. don't know it, I'm not going to know that you've shot a gun. Well, no, which is why when you asked me, have I shot a gun, I told you I had. Yeah, but you said it like I should know. 
Well, you should know. Of course, you should know. Okay. I thought I kind of assumed everybody had shot a gun at some point. I was going to be nice to you, but I'm not now. <laughs> You're never nice to me. Don't give me that. Okay, but I do. <laughs> I do tell you no lie. Tell me no lie, then. That you know these things. You know these random. See, I can ask you. I'll know that you can say something, and I'm sure your daughters are the same. That they can ask you something like, well, how come if people, you know, handgun like workings and you will know the additional details. Thank you. I, I suppose I've just read about stuff. Well, in the vain hope it might cheer you but up. But also, I mean, when you cover trials, as, as I have, um, for example, in the trial of Barry George, the first trial of Barry George, who was accused of murdering the TV presenter Jill Dando. There was much discussion about the accuracy of handguns. So you listen in and you hear that sort of thing and about the different kinds of ammunition, you know, parabellum, aluminium, uh, aluminium, parabellum ammunition, other types of ammunition that can be used in handguns. And I guess you kind of just pick that sort of stuff up. That's what that's what's fun about being a journalist, though, isn't it? If you're a nosy parker mm. and you like you like information, you enjoy knowledge, then being a journal is great because you're picking all that stuff up all the time. Mm. Fact file. Indeed. Factoids. If you're a nosy hack. If you're a nosy hack as I was. Um, I'm not do... nosy anymore, though. You're not nosy anymore? Do you not care? I do care. I don't care. I do care. I don't hey. care. I don't know if I care or not. I can't decide if I care. The... I'm careless about whether I care. <laughs> you're carefree about caring. I'm carefree about caring. <laughs> hey. But who um... takes care of the caretaker's daughter while the caretaker's taking care? Is that a thing? I just, I just heard it, read it. I don't know where I got it from. Round the rocks, the ragged rascal ran. My head. <laughs> hey, uh, I have oh. to go. Hey, to like punctuate the talking on top of each other. <laughs> hey, but isn't that what people listen to this podcast for? For fuck's sake! Oh, <laughs> I know. I'd like to bejewel my life with a little bit of two idiots talking on top of each other. <laughs> you want to get podazzled? <laughs> You've had a vajazzle, haven't you? No. Yes, you did. Where did you years get that ago. from? I don't know. I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was actually gambling that you know, in your misspent youth, you might have done, and you'd go all red and say, "Well, yes." How did you know that? At which point, I'd have said, "Ha ha!" Hook, line, and sinker. I didn't know, but you've just confirmed it. <laughs> Run I suppose circles you're not from me. Essex, are you? I suppose young girls from Kensington don't get vajazzles like young. Like young girls from Basildon do. Of a jazzle from Basil. Oh, quite. Hey, can I finally say this thing? The press have made the connection. Liverpool remains in the shadow of organised crime 15 years after the murder of Rhys Jones. Is that... Did you see any of that? I haven't. No, I look at that, though. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not rocket science, is it? You know, it is quite not surprising that that connection would be made. Why was Rhys Jones killing supposed to be a watershed moment in tackling gun crime? I think because of the um, the nationwide shock that an 11-year-old child just riding his bike would be shot in one of Britain's streets. I mean, this, you know, this isn't downtown America. We don't have guns everywhere. I mean, you know, in some ways, however tragic the death of Rhys Jones and indeed the, the death of little Olivia is, it is in a bizarre way, slightly comforting that these stories are so shocking. We've got, you know, 60 million people living in this country and it's still incredibly shocking when one of them is shot because gun crime is rare in this country because we do have strict gun controls, mm. which I think are a fantastic thing. I mean, some cretin, I don't know who it was, some right-wing commentator on Twitter said, does the killing of, um, of Olivia um, 
uh, Pratt Corbell mean that we should have um, guns allowed in this country for people to protect themselves? And I mean, it was, you know, it was it was the coldest, worst, hot take ever. The idea that the one way to solve gun crime is to put more gu guns into circulation. I don't know. Utterly A lot of people stupid. in the States believe that, don't they? Oh, yeah, they, they do. And they're stupid. They're morons, cretins. Everybody knows that. I mean, if you're an American and you think the one thing that's going to reduce gun crime is having more guns, then, you know, stop taking the Kool-Aid. That's just, you know, look at look at the statistics. Countries that have strict gun controls like the UK and most of Europe, we don't have higher levels of gun crime. Countries that allow lots of guns like the States have high levels of gun crime. Where do you go? There, is, there are a couple of tiny, you know, outliers. Like there was the guy in Norway who killed a bunch of kids on that summer camp, weren't they? That was an outlier. There is, and, and yes, Switzerland has lots of gun ownership, but the thing is they're allowed to own these guns. In fact, they have to they have a duty to own a gun um, after their national service, but they're not allowed to hold ammunition, which is different. So it's not quite What's the same. What's the point in having a gun then? It's a, I think it's some kind of weird throwback to Switzerland being neutral and wanting to be able to defend itself. Oh, wearing those like plumed helmets and funny knickerbockers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I think that I think I think all Swiss citizens have to have a gun, a plumed helmet, and a pair of free knickerbockers. I think that's exactly what they've You'd got. You'd be right at home there. I'd love it. Oh well, well, as an Italian, of course. I mean, all Italians love to have a feather in their hat. I mean, all you know, all, all Italian police officers and soldiers have feathers in their hats, don't they? Like little <laughs> tiny tanks. <laughs> a little tank and a feather in your hat. That's what you want. <laughs> Sounds like a happy existence to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, was there anything that stood out from that trial that you particularly remember? Um, only the, the only the utter mindless sadness of the whole thing, really. I mean, it was the, the, the perjury and the um, abetting the offender by friends and his family trying to protect him, which I I sort of get, but I think I don't really respect. But the the mindlessness of it, the fact that you know they'd had these petty spats between these you know stupid gangs of chivalry you know all these kids on bikes you know just riding around with their hoodies on thinking they're big big gang criminals and it escalates to a situation where an, an innocent 11 year old is killed for nothing for i expect somebody didn't show somebody enough respect or some shit like that i think i mean but but i mean i think most big cities have an organized crime problem the ice cream vans here by the way most big cities <laughs> The saddest part about all of that was just it was just stupid gangsters doing stupid gangster shit. And they weren't even proper gangsters. They were just little kids riding around yeah. on like BMX bikes with hoodies on. And it's just so pitiful and sad. And you think and, and you, you kind of then take a wider view and you sort of look at them and you think, why is your life so empty and feeble that the biggest, the most attractive thing is to sort of think that you're going to join a gang of little scrotes cycling around doing little scroty things. Well, it's just pathetic, really. Yeah, but their just little sad. scroty things are very important and the centre of their world. Just exactly, like... that's exactly right. So what kind of world do they live in that that sort of stuff is important and worth doing? And that's the sad part about it. Who is validating that sort of behaviour and saying, oh, yeah, he's a big tough guy. Look at him on his little shitty BMX bike with his hoodie on, mm. cycling around, you know, with his bumped well... off moustache. Every single MTV is the, does that still exist? Every single video and every single pop thing, isn't it? Pop a doodle do. I'm not sure. I think the most, if you look at sort of those sort of films and videos about that sort of genre, 
by people like um, Plan B or uh, I think they actually do show it to be the sort of sad, sort of empty and slightly feeble, pitiful um, existence it is. Well, films like Harry Brown, for example. So tell yes. me all about the sex rest, the sextorant. Say oh, hello to good. Naked Soho, London's first sex-themed restaurant and bar. I licked it, so it's mine. Where do you get that from? That's what it says on the WhatsApp. Boasting a wall of dicks and vulvas of all shapes and sizes, alongside plenty of naughty tableware. It's like your house. That all I could see is a plate of pasta with a big cock in the middle of it. I'm oh, I sorry. think is the cock part of the plate. Oh, I see. So. The pasta is kind of draped around the pate like a particularly sort of like, I don't know, Bolognese-infused pubic jungle. <laughs> that sounds appetising. Yeah. I mean, I have to say the cock has got a nice vein down the side. Call me a prude, but I really don't want a cock in the middle of my pasta. Where do you want a cock? In an English country garden. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Good answer. <laughs> Maybe that's what maybe that point. What you do is you you eat your pasta, then you sit on your plate and fidget for the rest of the meal with a big smile on your face. It might be a bit okay. unhygienic so, if it's got bolognese. Well, in the it. waiter, the waiter puts the food on your plate. He goes, mm, thanks, that looks nice. Would you like some uh, parmesan, madam? Yes, please. Um, and then, mind you, I'm just thinking. So, 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 so the dishes, uh, the 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 dish appears to be a meat and cheese platter. With the big cock in the middle of it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I, I don't mind meat in connection with a penis, but I'm not sure anybody particularly wants to think about cheese in connection with Exactly. A penis. It's all a bit unhygienic, I think. So you eat your food, and then what you do when the waiter comes back to get the plates, you say, oh, no, you've already taken the plates, or no, your other, the other waiter already took the plates, and the waiter sort of walks away a little bit confused, not realising you're actually sitting on the plate. <laughs> Yeah, and then you go. You have to go a few weeks later. You have to attend A and E with an infection. Yeah, why are those people all bobbing down, up and down on their chairs in the in the sex restaurant? <laughs> like the parrot when you tell him to boogie. Okay, this is the bit, <laughs> listeners, dear listener, that um, that you didn't hear because my recording fucked up. My hard drive is basically as effective as Ben's. <laughs> Hard drive is as flaccid <laughs> as the as the naked Soho pasta yeah. dish. <laughs> oh, there's um, a dish called lamb skank. Oh no, sorry, it's lamb shank. And I went to a business today which had a parrot which was imitating the phone ring. And Ben asked me to imitate the phone ring, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, imitate the parrot imitating the phone ring. But, I wonder um, if our listeners can imagine how much fun this story is the second time around. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't hear it the first time around. Yeah, they are lucky. Okay, so what kind of cocktail would you ask for here? Would you go for... Mm. The Plump Titties Cocktail? <laughs> I, I might have the Plump Titties Casatina Cake. <laughs> Well, you'd be going for the, the woolly-shaped waffles entitled Eat a Dick. Although well, there is also the tiramisu, I see, is a speedy finish. And that's made me realise that if I went to the rest of this restaurant, I would do my usual thing, which is be in out and put the kettle on. So I just walk in and I say, right, just give me a cup of tea, and that'll be me done. 
I think that's the kind of diner that they'd appreciate. Yeah, they probably would. It's a it's Mr. In Out and Put the Kettle On. You can rest assured that with every meal you order, there'll be some kind of genitals involved, Ben. That's nice to know. That is nice to know. Oh. Chopped walnuts sprinkled over creamy gorgonzola. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to think about when you think about a vagina, isn't it? Gorgonzola cheese. <laughs> This is really weird. The restaurant is, though, however, also filled with photo opportunities, whether you want to pose next to a penis statue or take a boomerang with your mates clicking your plump titties cocktail together. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would it put you off if you were looking at a wall of vulvas? I don't think so, no. You'd be able to, like, chow down on your lasagna or your tuna Um... steak. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could. I, I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be an issue for me. I mean, you know, it's just decoration, isn't it, really? I don't think I'd like to look at a wall of penises while I tucked into my Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> she said Wiener. <laughs> um, Wiener schnitzel. Yeah, they've missed a trick there. They should have Wiener schnitzel on the menu, shouldn't they? Totally they totally should. Or hot dog, come to think of it. I don't think, I, th- I think you would... You would be perfectly happy to sit and look at that while you're eating your din-dins. Maybe if you're on a hot date, maybe the idea is you take your date there for a hot date and it gets you all in the mood. And there I was thinking we were going to talk about the giant python that was trying to get into someone's window. Did you see that? Oh, I did see that. That was really cool, wasn't it? So before we sign off, is there anything you'd like to share with with our listeners? Oh, I've got something I want to share. Share away. Uh, lots of good interaction that we mostly forget, but um, yet another listener <laughs> urging us not to finish because we keep on <laughs> trying didn't to. Finish. I'd like to share with you that if you rate us, then it helps other people find us. And I didn't know that's ah. how Valgo rhythms go, but apparently it does. So we'd really appreciate okay. that, and we'd appreciate a buy me a coffee forward slash ydlms. <gasps> It gets the thumbs up from me, the rating, not the coffee. I don't care if anybody buys you a coffee or not. Thanks a lot. I'm not sure you deserve it. Do you think you deserve a coffee? Well, compared to the fact Actually, that... Actually, I think you do. Yes, thank you. Because you. you do nearly... You do 90% of the work for this podcast, so you definitely do. If anybody deserves a coffee, you do. Well, thank you. You've changed your mind in about 30 seconds. That's my job. Are you watching... <laughs> Agatha Fireform is committed and very cunning. She'll never stop. What kind of story are you going to tell about Agatha? One that'll change everything. No, I'm definitely not. Okay, not you should watch that. it. 100% not watching that. There's a podcast, it's like a murdery thing, a true crimey thing. Okay. And there's a podcaster on there who keeps going, uh-huh. I'm a journalist, I'm a podcaster. And it's kind of cracking me up. I think we've got to put a clip in right there. I'm Lorelai. I'm a journalist and I'm hoping to speak to you and your husband about Agatha Fifer. No, sorry, that's that's inappropriate. I'm doing a podcast for my Well, shall we say adieu for another bye bye week? And uh, yes, love you all. Love you too. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 